Welcome to the 9 to 5 Killers podcast, an explorative and insightful journey inside the minds of some of the most successful entrepreneurs who have killed their day jobs to pursue their passions. Welcome to episode five of the nine to five killers podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Graham. I have a very special guest in the house today, singer, producer, and model. Ladies and gentlemen, show some love for Miss Cherokee. Welcome to the show, Cherokee. What's up? What's up? How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. It's beautiful outside. I'm in New York, so it's gravy. It's great. <laughs> okay, so I, I know that you live in L.A., but you're originally from where? I'm originally from uh, Brooklyn, New York, but I was born in Harlem, but raised in Brooklyn on uh, the Parkway, Eastern Parkway, Franklin Ave. I got to give a shout out to Crown Heights. <laughs> I'm going to let you tell them who you are. Basically, I'm Cherokee, a.k.a. Cherokee the Artist, a.k.a. the Cinderella, <laughs> that ghetto Cinderella chick. <laughs> and um, I have been doing music all my life. I'm a singer, songwriter, producer, um, model sometimes, actress sometimes as well. And um, I'm just, you know, here to express some love and bring something new and refreshing to everybody's ears. Okay, so uh, I'm going to start out with uh, how I know you. If that's okay. Awesome. Okay, so I was working at a, a, a place called Moomba. I don't know if you, you remember how we met? Yes, I do remember Moomba. Okay, so yeah. I was, I was. you know what you met me from there? Do you remember? You were standing outside. I was the doorman. Yeah, exactly. So I was standing outside and I might have saw you like twice. And each time you was with a different, some different type of producer or somebody. Yeah. I didn't know who you were, but I was like, oh, maybe he, maybe she's, uh, at first I thought that the first guy was like your boyfriend. I didn't know they, right. they're doing business, right. but I didn't know what, I didn't know exactly, you know, who you were. And I remember, I think I said to you something to the effect of, do you want to hang out? And you was like, where? And I was right. like, we should shoot, shoot some pool. Right. <laughs> right. And not thinking you was going to say, yeah. Right. So right. you said, sure, let's, let's do some pool. Right. And so I remember when we were going to shoot pool, it was on 42nd street. And I tell my sister, I met this really amazing woman. She's really pretty. Right. And we're going to shoot some pool together. And he, she was like, oh, who's, who is it? And I was oh, this girl named Cherokee. And she was like, the singer. And wow, I was like, I was crazy. like, you didn't know, did you know this? <laughs> no, song? I didn't know. So this I'm like, I'm like, Nah, nah, she's not a singer. She's just a, a woman that comes to the bar. Yeah, because I didn't say nothing. You didn't say anything about it. You didn't say anything. Yeah, and at that time, mm -hmm. I, my song was out. Your maybe. song was yeah. out. I'm, I'm getting yeah. to that point. Yeah. So <laughs> I tell my sister that, and she's like, Glenn, you cannot be serious. You don't know, like, how many Cherokees could there be? Because I described <laughs> you. And then and my sister's not even into music like that. Right. So so I go, she goes, go to the H HMV, was it, back in the day? I don't remember what it was. It was, it was one of these stores. That, that that soul music. Tower Records, maybe? Maybe it was Tower okay. Records. I go yeah. into Tower Records on 40-something Street. Okay. I go inside. I see a picture of you on the co cover. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I, I'm like, okay, she's going to tell me, right? So we, I come out of there, and then I see a Gap ad. That's hilarious. You was on, like, this billboard <laughs> for the Gap. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? That's insane. <laughs> right? So then I meet you and you're not saying anything about it. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, right. uh, maybe this girl just looks like this woman. That's so but funny. then what threw me off, what, what, what really brought it all together, 
when we were we got in the pool place, the pool girl blew it up. She was like, you know, that's the you, you know Cherokee, and I was like, oh my god, it is you. Wow, and then, and then that's, that's how crazy. I found out. And you were like, but what I really appreciate about that time was that you didn't behave any different right. than than anybody else that I met. That was just a regular woman. So I. And you always, you, to this and day, you always kept All that. I can do is just be myself. You know what I mean? I just feel like we're, we are all the same. Nobody is better than anybody. We're all pretty much on the same level. You know what I mean? So I never look at it like, oh, I'm better because I'm, you know, I'm in this situation because you never know what situation you're going to be in. So, you know, I'm just me. I'm just down to earth. <laughs> but that's a certain level of maturity because yeah. um, people say that uh, all the time. Right. Like I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to read this up, but I just, right. I, I had to. <laughs> Because I found a picture that you took of me playing uh-huh. pool. You didn't even take a picture. Like, uh-huh. I didn't take a picture of you at all. Right, you right. said, let me take a picture of you. And you took a picture of me playing pool yeah, by myself. I remember that. That's yeah, right? So funny. And so what I what I hear a lot is people say one thing. They say, well, yeah, I'm this really humble person on stage or right, whatever. And right. then you meet them and then you're just so yeah. disappointed. Like, I was so disappointed. I've been so disappointed in so many people that wow. I've met yeah, because of that. I've experienced that. Right? I've experienced that as well, yeah. So, uh... Well, you, I appreciate that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I that's a wonderful you. story. <laughs> right? It's cool. Yeah. And and so when I look at uh I recently you recently contacted me to to shoot your show. And you don't you don't know this, but um since I started working on Nine Five Killers, the movement and the film, I was thinking I can't be a photographer anymore because, you know, people are gonna look at me differently. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't take those jobs. And then I was like, what are you talking about? You told you definitely can. Right. And you are like the first person. You just called me at random and was like, hey, Glenn, uh, you want to shoot my show on Thursday? Right. Exactly. So I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know you how can do it happened. many things at one right. time. Like there's no reason to put that down, especially because you're so talented. You know what I mean? Right. And when I see people like when I see people like yourself, you know, what gave me the kind of um the idea to do that is you, even now you, you produce, mm-hmm. you, you're a singer, yes. you've modeled, I've seen that. Yes. So how do you feel now in terms of, of making all those things work together in tandem with each other? Um, I'm actually trying to make sure that I continue to make those things work together. You know, getting back on the scene and doing the music and getting on stage, it it feels great. But I also realize that I still have those other passions. You know, I love fashion. I love um, being in that world. Even what I wore that evening, I had gotten some stuff from a showroom. I was wearing um, OTT Dubai. And um, another time I wore a I think it was called uh, St. Charles. I got to remember these names, <laughs> but I think it all works together. You know, um, I plan on getting into acting and writing some short, um, some short movies so that I can display my talent. Cause I've done like a few indie films, but nothing where you, you would know that I've done it, you know? So I feel like it's all a part of me and I feel like we shouldn't limit ourselves to just doing one specific thing. You know, I like to sing. I like to write. I like to develop artists. I like to produce other artists as well. Um, even though I'm getting older, I still feel like modeling. It, it, I don't have to scratch that out just because I'm not, you know, six feet tall or I, I'm only five four, but I still enjoy modeling. So I'm going to be that woman who's like 70 years old, 80 years old. Right. You know, and, and they're going to be like, look at glamma. Like it's never going to be grandma. It's going to be glamma, you know, and I'm just going to be super fly all the time, you know. I like to hear that, you know, because <laughs> most times people do limit 
they put they project what they what they feel is something that they can't do on 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 onto you. Right. Like you know, when I started this, it was gonna be just a film, but I figured out a way in which to make this into like there's stories like yours. Like now, segue into that mm-hmm. um, stories like yours where you started. You actually had a day job. I didn't know that. Right. Give me yeah. one day job that you had. The one. Okay, I'll give you two. Two. Okay. Yeah, I was a messenger a long time ago. What? <laughs> Yeah, I used to deliver packages and, you know, um, I never did the bike messenger because I can't ride that good in the street. So I'll be like wobbling and stuff. But I was a walker, you know, but my real day job was receptionist. I was a receptionist. I would answer the phone and, you know, whoever I worked for, I worked for a a brokerage firm. I worked uh, for an attorney and I would be like, good morning, Garban, may I help you? That's and so cool. That was my thing, you know. But um, I kind of look at being on the labels that I used to be signed to, which is RC, RCA Records, as a day job too, because now I'm independent. So, you know. Right. So, so tell me, <laughs> tell me something about that. What did you, what did you learn working on a major label like that? Were your day job that you taken to the independent side? Well, the biggest thing I've learned is that. Um, when you are signed to a major label, you don't have complete control, you know, because they are the ones that's putting the dollars in you and investing, you know, using all their money. So you pretty much got to bend a lot, you know, but being independent, I kind of get to do things my way. I pick the songs I want. I pick the producers. It's all according to what I feel, you know, both singles on my first and my second album, they were both written for TLC. They weren't really? written for me. Yeah. So the when the A&R heard those songs, they were like, this is going to be the first single. This is what we want to put out. This is going to be great. So that was a song called Ooey Wee on the album I Love You Me. But that wasn't my choice to put mm. that song out. You know, I wanted a song called While I'm Flying to be my first single. And then with my second album, Soul Parade, which never came out, um, the single that they picked was a song I did with Outkast. Love Outkast. Those are my brothers. They're dope. Yeah, I love Outkast. You know? Those are dope. Shout out to Outkast. Right. <laughs> Shout out to Outkast, you know. But um, that wasn't the single that I would have picked. You know, I would have picked a different single. So now being independent, I have complete control. I can pick the single that I want to pick, and I don't have to worry about someone telling me how they want it done. And also, you know, I'll make more money. So. Very good. Yeah, because when, you, yeah, when you're signed, you just basically get like, if you have a dollar, they're going to give you a dime and they're going to keep 90%. Wow. Yeah. So it's a huge difference, you know. Okay. So, so what, what did you take away from the major label that, that makes you think like in terms of how you manage your, how you put yourself out there? What did, what have you, did you take away from them? Uh, that you use now to this day? Well, that's the that's the one thing that I can say has been the biggest challenge is that the positive side when you are with a major label is that they have that marketing, they have that team and they're able to push you out there. They're able to get those interviews. Being independent, that is a struggle. It is very, very hard to get the marketing because it costs, mo- it costs a lot of money. And you don't realize that until you're trying to get your stuff played. Everything is money, you know? Um, to market a song, I mean, you know, you have to hire a marketing team. And sometimes it could be four grand a month to do that. And you know, to get the video, trying to shoot a video on my own, that's a lot. But with a label, 
you have a much, much larger budget. I mean, m one of my videos was like $400,000. So nowadays wow. we don't shoot videos that cost, you know, and the budget even in the studio was unlimited. You know, you would have, you would have a session and you would go in and you would basically be buying food for everyone, not realizing that that tab that you just spent, you know, getting all that food from Red Lobster for yourself, the producers, the engineer, the mixer, that all comes out on the artist's budget. You don't get paid until the, the label recoups every single dime, you know. But being independent, I realize that I have to invest. You know, my husband tells me all the time, we have to invest. We have to put the money out in order to receive. So we, we're paying for the video. We're paying for the photo shoots. We're paying to hire the stylists, to hire the makeup artists, to, um, you know, market and promote this. We're paying a marketing and a PR person every single month. We have to do it all on our own and just pray that it all comes back. Well, I think with, with the, the mindset that you have in terms of like, and one thing I have to point out is, um, you know, people talk all the time about the company around us, right? Mm -hmm. So I noticed what I liked about what, like watching you perform recently was, you know, your husband, he was there, yes. right? Uh, he had a camera, yes. okay? <laughs> and I was, at first I was nervous. I was like, well, what is he going to do? Right. But I didn't see him. As a photographer, one of my biggest fears is that loved ones always get in my way. Right. He was like a ninja. Right, right. <laughs> I couldn't see him. Yeah. I didn't see him until yeah. I was done. There was one guy that was in my way that I was trying, because I was, I, was, I was bending and twisting, trying not to block the show. Cause, right. Um, but there was one guy that was in my way, but we worked it out. But right. your husband was not one of those people, and I was very... No, not at know, all. No, no. He's cool. He's confident. He's laid back. He's chill. Like he, He's not that type of person at all. So as an entrepreneur or an independent, how important it is, is it to have someone in your corner that's like a partner oh, like that? Oh man, it's, I can tell you that it's majorly important. Um, for someone like me, um, I don't know if it has to do with my sign, but I'm a very sensitive person. And, um, you know, I mean, I have a lot more confidence now, but if I didn't have that support, I think that I probably would have put it down. Cause I've put it down a few times, the music, uh, you know, I took the moment to get married, have my kids, raise my kids. But now that they're 15 and <laughs> almost 13, I'm like, OK, it's time to get back out there. And he's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I was waiting on you. You know, you ready? Let's go. You ready to do this? Let's go. What do you need? So to have that support is incredible, you know, because I don't work a day job anymore. This is all I do. Nine to five. This is my life. My music is my life. This is all that I do. He supports you know, me and supports the kids and support us as a family. So we play our roles, you know, I do my mommy bit, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and he does, you know, what, what, what a great man I feel, you know, should do. So he holds it down, you know, and um, I got his back. We're both each other's rock. So it's, it, it works. It really, really works. And do you work with him? Um, you help him with his business as well. Are you equal partner in that way? Nah. No. <laughs> <It's> like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just keeping real. He has his, you know, I mean, he has his assistant. He has people who help him with his stuff. But I just hold down the family so that it doesn't become too stressful for him. But he has a manager that handles all his. And he pretty much operates as my manager until I put a manager in place. Yeah. What do you feel about, because um, one of the things that I struggle with mm -hmm. is when I'm with somebody, I like I see my parents do it. That's how they did it. Right. They, my mother... You know, she worked with my father. They worked together mm -hmm. as a team. So any woman I'm with, they have to be a team player. Right. But I find that myself, sometimes mm -hmm. I can be a little bit 
Right. Does that have a problem? Like a little overbearing sometimes? Does that ever happen? Um, I think that when we're recording, I can be a little bit of, I can, I can turn really anal when we're like recording because I will want to get through it and he'll be like, no, we need to perfect that. You were off key, you were flat or you were sharp. And I'll be like, no, I, why are you making me doing this again? You know, because I'm more into the vibe and he's more, he's a perfectionist because he produces and he mixes, you know. So that will be the only time or if I pretty much want things to go, go, go. So I'll get a track and we'll put it on and I will write on spot. So I'm a writer on spot. So I'll be like, did you get that? And he'll be like, no, I'm so setting up. And I'm like, oh, man, he didn't get that. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, calm down. He's still cool. He's like, we're going to do it again. And it's just the next one's just going to be better. So, But he understands me now. So it, mm-hmm. he's patient. <laughs> so what advice would you give to a newer artist coming out? Because uh, something that I saw you do and... Uh, was interesting the other night you after the show because I've shot I've shot for many artists mm-hmm. and what I'm, I'm big and small and what a lot of them do which I won't say names is as soon as the show is over they run off stage so I I start packing up usually right um but you didn't do that you actually was like we're gonna stick around and get some shots with the people and I was like yeah. what <laughs> I was like she's she serious right so I like to mingle I you know I'm a people person so I like to feel the energy I like to feel the feedback you know, of what people felt. And um, I like to show people that I am grateful that they, that they came out to support. Because when you leave, you never make that connection. And you never know who's standing in the room and who's there to see you, you know. So getting those hugs and those squeezes and, you know, getting that affirmation that, okay, that was a great show, you did wonderful. It just feels good. And it feels good to be able to put a smile on their face as well, you know, and to sell a few CDs and give away a few CDs, you mm-hmm. know. And you just never know who's there. I mean, there was this guy at the show that had a um, LP of my very I first album. And that just blew me away. And I tried to give him the CD, a new CD for free. And he's like, nope, nope, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to support it. And I'm just like, no, please take it. You're a fan. And this is amazing. And I like that. Just I was high off of that all night. I was I was I was high for you when when I saw yeah. when I saw him pull out that record and it, and right. it looked it looked new, exactly. brand new. Exactly. Like, you know that I mean he had he kept that in great condition, you know, and he had me sign it and that was just amazing. And I also had another fan there. Her name was Leanne, and she's been following me like from the beginning. And since I I came here on the thirteenth of August to you know mm. do some shows, she's been there you know, at all of my shows. And it's been really amazing to have that support and see that. So there's some real fans out there, you know, even though I'm like picking up and starting again, knowing that I have that support that pushes me to keep going. What do you feel um, is different this time around than the last time that you were um, performing? I'm more mature. Um, I think, um, I can't say that I'm not trying so hard, but before, okay, I can be honest and say, Mm -hmm. I still have the same energy, but you're not going to catch me doing a split. Like, like I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> to be trying to break a hip, you know? Right, right. <laughs> but I think what's different is that I'm really, you know, not overthinking it too much. Just having some fun doing it, you know. The drive is still the same, but I'm not taking it, like, so, so serious that it, like, you know, gets me depressed if I don't get the reaction that I'm looking for. You know, I just look at it as I'm up there. I'm having fun. I want the crowd to have fun as well. You know, before it was really controlling my emotions and my happiness. 
you know, I fell into a depressed state at, at mm. one time. When you say so. when you say um, control or what response, what do you mean by that exactly? Um, if you if the turnout is not great, you know, um, I can get distracted if I see somebody on their phone or they're talking to someone else while I'm performing. You know, now that doesn't affect me. Now I'm just like, I'm here. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do this whether you're with me or not. You know, I'm going to perform the same way if there's one person or 100 people in the room. I'm not going to give you less. I'm going to give you the same thing. If you don't pay attention, then that's your loss. So, but for me, I'm going to have a good time. Okay. But, you know, before I would get so caught up in that and I would become very emotional and then I would second guess myself. So... I don't do that anymore. I don't second guess myself. One thing that you said to me uh, that I, I thought was very interesting is right before you went on and she was like, you got nervous. And I was very happy to hear you say that because I knew when you said that, that it was going to be a good show oh, because I was thinking you. at, at your level, I'm like, they don't get nervous anymore. They just like do this. And it's like a job. They go out there. Oh no, I but, always get nervous. <laughs> always. And, and, and what I, and one thing that I noticed that you did that was pretty cool is that you were aware of, like I, I went, I scoped out what was going on in, in, in terms of lighting. And when I told you, you were like, well, can you go handle it for me? You right. didn't go and do like, I'm used to artists just going and trying to handle everything by themselves. I'm like, why are they doing that? So I, right. and then you didn't check up on seeing what I did about it. No, I just, <laughs> I had to just trust. I just trust. That's it. You know, I mean, I hired you to take the pictures. So the vision, I, I saw your work. I know what you can do. So the vision has to be yours. If I say, I just want the white light or I just want the pink light because that's what I like, it may not come out right, you know? So mm. I just had to trust you, you know? But getting nervous, that is something that I think will always be there. You know, I go through this thing. And sometimes I go through, like, I feel, like, sick, you know? And I either have to, like, go to the bathroom or I, I just get, like, my, my whole body tenses up, you know? But then... Once I like, sometimes I need to cry, which is like the strangest thing. I either cry before or after afterwards. And I think it's like a gratitude cry because I go through this cry. And then once it's all out, and I mean like loud, ugly cry. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the bubble coming out of your nose, that's not bubble. <laughs> the loud, ugly cry. Right. And I just, you know, go through my affirmations and I thank God. And um, then I feel better. And then I'm like, this is going to be great. You know, but if I don't get the cry out, like I'm a little off. You know, so once I release, then I feel great. That was my first time seeing you perform. And the energy that you that you put out, that, is that exhausting to do? Um, sometimes, but not really. It's just I think because it's who I am and it's a it's not a facade. You know, it's just me being me. Um, it's not as exhausting as you would add it as it appears. You know what I mean? I think back in the day. Oh, yeah, it was really exhausting because I was calculating, um, okay, I'm going to do a split right here, and then I'm going to grab the mic right there, and I'm going to throw it back right there. And it was just like a lot of calculation, you know. But now it's not like that. I'm just pretty much free spirit, and I'm just going to do what I feel. You know, if I happen to do a split, I might pull a muscle, but <laughs> but but I'm not attempting right. to do a split. You right, know? right. Now, I know you're probably going to forget that you told me this. Okay. I like remembering stuff that people Okay, people, here we go. <laughs> it's a Come story on, that you told me. Okay. It's a Prince story. Okay, yes. So tell me, tell everybody about your Prince story. I liked it. I never forgot it, by the way. And I'll tell you how it affected me after your story. Okay. So um, I've met Prince twice. Um, once at the um, screening for the movie Bamboozle. And... Another time I met him at a party 
And he came up to me and well, actually the first time he came to me and he said, um, so he said, I know you. And I said, you know me? And he's like, yeah, you're, you're the Trump girl. I know you from the, the Trump um, hotel. And I was like, oh, okay. You know? And he's like, well, how come you never said anything to me? How come you never spoke to me? And I was like, because I was afraid. <laughs> and he was like, never be afraid of what you want. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's like a very Prince thing to say. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's so crazy because I just bumped into an old friend. His name is Lemwell, and I call him Lem. And he used to um, be a DJ. And he just reminded me that we were dancing at this club and Prince was watching us while we were dancing and he was looking over the balcony and every time we would back up, he would back up and we would come out to dance again. He would look over <laughs> and he's like, he's watching you. I'm like, no, he's watching you. He's like, he's watching you. Like, <laughs> so he was, he was a funny character. He was a really funny character. And, um, another time when I talked to him, he told me that, um, he was like, you know, you shouldn't be signed to your label. And I was like, why not? You know? And he was like, because you're a slave to them. And I was like, that's easy for you to say, dude, because you've been in this for a long time. And I was like, you know what? As a matter of fact, little, uh, little Kim wants to talk to you. I got to go. <laughs> and so, really? yeah, he can, he's long winded. He, he, he was very, very long winded, but beautiful spirit, you know, but long winded. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine him like saying all those things. To you. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I, what I took from that, when you, when you told me the story, I was thinking about things that I would let go by you know because mm -hmm. I, I was thinking well I'm not ready to do this thing or I'm ready to, to like like I know now I don't feel there's nobody that I feel that I'm fearful of speaking with right right you know of them telling me no right because exactly. what's what are you going to tell you tell me no about something like whether it's it's, it's usually a business thing and I'm th and I overthink that you're not where you need to be to ask this person for that and I'm like what do you mean Right. It's that little voice in your head. Right, do you, exactly. Do you, did that it's come that to doubt. Yeah. yeah it's did that, that come doubt. into you? Do you have experienced that? Yeah, I do. And, you know, because of, because I live in Los Angeles, I'm always in a lot of situations where I'm around celebrities and I'm super shy sometimes and super awkward when I'm in crowds, you know, like that, like celebrity crowds. So I'll go to an event and then afterwards i'm kicking myself like why didn't you say hello and introduce yourself just tell the person that you admired him so i'm actually learning to overcome that now i was recently in a room with um russell simmons and i left and wanted to kick myself like i was like why didn't you like this man does yoga this man has all these wonderful things he stands for great greatness and this russell simmons and you didn't even say hi my name is cherokee blah blah blah, blah, blah. like you know so I can kick myself, but I'm learning to overcome that. You know, I'm really, we're, we're all humans. We're all the same. No one is over or above, you know, anyone. So it's something I got to get used to. Myself. I agree. And, and, and what I feel is when those situations happen and you say you kick, you want to kick yourself, do you think it's because you're wondering like, why didn't I just do it? Or you think it's, um, you, you're overthinking why you should talk to them or not? Yeah. It's no, I know I should just do it. You know, especially because people usually remember me. I have a, you know, very distinct face. And now that my hair is in a different style, they always remember who I am. And you just never know what is going to come of that. Not saying that they have to do something for you, but they may say, oh, oh, great. I, I love your look. Or I love your style. And this is so-and-so. And you never know what type of friendship can even develop out of that, you know? So I feel like me being shy and being all bashful, you know, it's not, it's, it does a disservice. It doesn't really help me out, you know, to, to do that and be that way. 
Um, so how do you feel about now that we have the internet? Because when, when we when we were when you were when I first met you, uh-huh. as you said, the label handled a lot of that stuff and now the new thing with Instagram and Facebook, how do you feel about all of that and, and, and what what is different with the landscape now? It took me a minute to like accept it. You know, before I was like, I'm not getting on every single day and posting a picture and you know, but now I love it and I'm kind of addicted. I'm like, well, let me check on so-and-so, see what they do, you know. <laughs> I can't become like a stalker checking out people's pages. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I wonder if people check out my page the same way. So now I'm like taking pictures of my shoes, taking, you know, taking pictures of my hair. But I love it. I think I'm kind of addicted to Snapchat because it has all the crazy, goofy things and I'm kind of goofy a little bit. So, <laughs> But I do like it. I think that it does help. Um, we're in a new generation, so if you don't, keep up, you're going to get left behind. So I realize that it's something that I have to do. You know, I wish I would have watched because I think the first person I saw really being on um, social media constantly was Amir from The Roots. Okay. Always on Twitter. And I'm like, this dude is always on Twitter, you know, but he never gets my tweets. So I wish I would have followed in those footsteps and, you know, did that because then I think my followers, I would be much, much further, you know, with my followers and where I am, but it's all good. <laughs> but what I, what you said in your recent performance, uh-huh. you mentioned about taking time and putting your phone down. And I, yeah. and I appreciate that. Cause, cause one thing that I, that I do now is I have a time schedule when I post. Okay. Meaning, cause I learned that from, from interviewing somebody who seems to be always on there, but he's not. Okay. What he said is he, he'll give 45 minutes in the morning for it. Uh-huh. And then, so all the people leave comments and then oh. he'll go back at another certain time yeah. and then he'll, he will respond to those posts. That's smart. That's I was really responding smart. all day. Like as it happens, like as I go fire, like, Oh, let me respond to this person. Right. And I was, and I wasn't being present in a moment with people. And right. I started, and I, and so my follow numbers have gone up, but I started to lose connections. Right. Like, and listening a hundred percent to what you're saying. So I had to stop. I'm glad that you caught that message because I have been, you know, trying to get that message out when I perform to tell people to, you know, spend that quality time with the one that you're with. And I'm glad that you said that, you know, you caught that because to me, that is so important. Like people are together, but not together, Mm -hmm. you know, they're in the, they're in, they are in each other's presence, but their minds are somewhere else. They're in their phone, you know, they're checking their emails, they're on their Instagram, they're on their Facebook, they're on their Twitter or whatever app it is that they're using, you know, nowadays. And they're just not connecting. The human connection is gone, you know. And I think that it um, puts a, a strain on relationships, you know. You'll see girls just sitting there, like, looking bored and their guy is just like, hey, man, this isn't talking on the phone. It's like, dude, your girl is like, you know, and somebody else is walking by and they're grabbing her attention now. <laughs> like, pay attention, you know? So I think it's important, you know, and that's just something that I, I try not to do when I'm with my husband and we're eating. I try to put my phone down and not respond. It's hard sometimes because we have kids and we're parents, so we have to deal with it. Even last night, we were trying to have a romantic dinner, just the two of us, and they're texting and us, this one did that, this one did that, and I don't like this. And we're just, he's like, can you help me deal with this? And I'm like, no, you do it. I turn my phone off. My phone is charging. Right. Uh-uh. So sometimes you have to do it, you know, when you have children. But if you're just talking to random people and checking your um, social media, I think it's like mad disrespectful. 
Right. But I find that nowadays people are so into it, especially people who are want to be influencers, right? Yeah. Before like <clears throat> and not to not to put any shade on anybody, but yeah. people are famous today for being famous. So very true. those people are like you know, and I find those people are very difficult, even in my and because I deal with some of them mm-hmm. for my business. Right. You know, um, I, I actually interviewed a guy named The Plug. Okay. Shout out to The Plug. Plug is like he does skits online and I interviewed. He's my first mm-hmm. interview. Okay. And I like about him. He's an influencer, but he was very real and very connected uh, with the world. So when you're with him, he's talking to you. And and I, and I find that when I usually bump into someone who is they're made on the Internet, mm-hmm. what happens is they get the numbers and everything so fast right? that they haven't prepared themselves for like, as in another way of speaking, artist development. Right. right? Exactly. So they don't know one, they don't know how to engage with an, with an, with, a, with an audience. They don't know that it's about not just about what you do, your talent, but about what you, your whole, the whole experience, like being a, a showman. Right. Exactly. So to speak. Yeah. Like, you know who I think I, I like as a showman, I would say it would be, I think Janet Jackson is a showman. Yeah, she's, she's an idea great. of a showman. Yeah, we love Janet. <laughs> like you won't say that Janet has a super amazing voice, right? Right. I, I like I love her voice, but yes. but her shows. Right. I've seen her show before. Right. And yeah. so I think about people like that, and you. Yes. Uh, you come you. with like an arsenal of things yes. that I think that people nowadays they they'll just like because they they became famous somehow mm-hmm. they just like will put like banana bread up on and then they'll get like 50,000 likes right so they think that people like that <laughs> that's so funny you say that because uh, I've noticed that as well you know and I, I I totally agree with you 100% I feel like you have to bring the full package you know and I always tell people like I, I feel when I look at myself I feel like I'm a storyteller you know I write these stories and they all are true life experiences. But when I get on that stage, um, I'm not gonna hold back. You know, I'm gonna just give you all of me and I'm gonna give you a full performance. It's gonna be from the top to the bottom, from what I'm wearing to what I'm saying to the music, everything is gonna be full. And I think some people have forgotten how to do that, you know? And um, that's why I still love a lot of the old school artists, you know, like Earth, Wind & Fire. They bring that to the table each and every time. You can depend. You know that you're going to see the bass player, Verdi and White. He's going to bring it. Plain and simple. He's going to be dressed from head to toe. He's going to play that bass and you're going to feel that energy, you know, and you're going to get that. You can, I mean, if we had like the George Clintons and, you know, they give you the full package. They got the talent. They got the funk. They got, you know, the gear, the clothes. It's it's full. It's not like I'm just going to come on stage and I'm just going, you know, sing the song and walk away. Like, no, hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. you know, I won't say names either, but, you know, right, that's right. what people give you, you know, so. Mm-hmm. God bless him. Okay, so now we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go present day. Okay. Um, we're gonna go present day with your new project. Okay. So tell me about the name of your project. The name of the new EP is uh, Just a Brooklyn Girl, and um, I named it Just a Brooklyn Girl because that's who I am. I'm just a Brooklyn girl. You know? I found it on Spotify. I listened to it. Um, is there there were four songs on it? It's five songs. Five songs. Yes, oh, yes five, five songs. Five songs, and we <clears throat> printed up a limited amount of CDs because once they're gone, they're gone. And then when Mm -hmm. we put the album out, 
um, hopefully by, you know, the top of next year. You will put out, not hopefully, you're going to do it. It's going to be. I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it (laughs) in. We're going to have 10 to 12 on that. And it's going to be an LP, you know, because nowadays nobody really has a CD player or anything. But people love to buy LPs. They're coming back, you know. So and people download, they get it off iTunes, Spotify, Tidal, where, wherever they're going to get it from. But I wanted to still have a physical CD for people who are really fans and who really have followed me and love it. So I give some out and I sell some. But mostly I've just been giving it away. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So what, what, was, the, what was the idea behind, um, what song did I hear? I think it was, uh, I don't know the name of this song, but you were talking about back in the days. And you were bringing back a lot of memories. You were talking about... Um, is Double it old dodge. school? Oh, old school, Double yes. Old school. Jump rope and yes. I just <laughs> shot the video for that. Actually. Did you? Yeah. I'm mad that I. Yeah. I so you have you <laughs> have like people Brooklyn. playing skellies and stuff. Uh, and I know we, we did do Double Dodge, Double and dodge. we had like a little kid doing a spin top. Remember the old school big spin top that yeah. you had to push it to wind it up and it spins. We did that. Um, the ice cream truck, you know, oh, had man. bought some ice cream for the little kids. It was really awesome. And we um, shot some footage at a block party where I did a show. So we got some really, really cool footage. I just wanted to kind of represent Brooklyn and just show some elements, you know, of Brooklyn. But um, that song, you know, I really do miss the the old school time to the point where I, I always tell my husband, I'm like, if I ever get super, super rich and want to buy like a neighborhood out, you know, mm. and change the name of the block and call it old school and, and just have all my friends move on that block and we can just play hopscotch and double dudge and, <laughs> you know, kick the can and, you know, hide and go seek. Like kids nowadays are just on their video games. You know, no, there's no neighborhood thing going on. There's, there's kids are not outside playing, you know? I mean, sometimes you'll see them on their scooters, you know, but there's no connection. Kids only play with each other when they're at school. That's it. There's no coming home, changing your school clothes, and mommy, can I go outside and play? My kids have never done that. They go outside in the backyard, you know, and jump on the trampoline, but there's no kids on the block. Everyone is inside their house on their video games, you know. Well, I think it's the way of the world because the adults are acting like that and the kids mimic the I miss that. I miss it like, too. I'm I like, do. I want to go outside and play double dutch. Like, what's up? So no, I'm actually on a, um, you know, the, the um, app Meetup. Okay. Yeah, so I'm a part of Meetup and I'm into different groups and I follow a Double Dutch group. So we meet That's up cool. and we jump Double Dutch. Yeah, I'm a big kid at heart. No, you know, I love show that. point me in the direction of the spades and the checkers. I love board games. I love card games. I love all of that old school stuff. So Okay, so I have <laughs> I have like three questions for you. Okay. Right <laughs> <laughs> if um knowing everything that you know right now, mm-hmm. what advice would you give? to the young Cherokee, 20 years old? The young Cherokee, 20 years old. I would say to really hone in on your craft. One of my biggest regrets is putting down the bass. I wish I would have continued the bass. So recently I said, you know, I'm gonna pick up the bass again because I really miss playing the bass. And um, I would have told myself to really hone in and develop, you know, that skill. I would have definitely, definitely stayed in um, acting school and done more. I think I would have just done more and taken it more seriously, you know? Um, I don't think, I think because I have a natural ability to write, I think I would have just written, tried to write more for other artists instead of just myself, 
You know, I've just, because I write what I go through, what I experience. So I never think, oh, someone's going to want to sing my story. You know what I mean? But I wish that I would have taken my music and my songs, because I have hundreds, hundreds of songs, you know, and said, okay, would you like to do my song? Would you, or, you know, try to get a publishing deal. I didn't want to be a part of a publishing deal or, you know, because they take half your money. You know, you sell a record, but I wish I would have done that in the past because then I would have built a name for myself as a writer, you know, and Never too late, though, you know. Exactly. Never, <laughs> yeah. never too ne- late. Never I like that. I like that attitude. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. Everything else, I think, life happens accordingly. You know, you wind up where you are because of each step that happens, each stepping stone. Okay. Yeah. So if you had, uh, I was watching a show the other day, and mm-hmm. and um, this person got three wishes. Now, every wish that you get, there's a there's a uh, there's a repercussion to your wish. Okay. What three wishes would you? And you can't wish for more wishes. Tell me three things. <laughs> can't wish for more wishes. You can't wish for more wishes. Wishes, and you can't wish to be rich. <laughs> you can't wish to be rich, but you could wish for a dollar amount if you want. But right. give me three things that you would want. Um, to be honest with you, um, my wishes would probably be uh, world peace because the world that we live in is completely, completely crazy. Um, to stop hunger because there are children starving all over the world, and to take away disease, meaning to take away all diseases, cancer. AIDS, um, all diseases. It would never be a wish for myself. It would be a wish to help us as mankind. Now I love that answer because <laughs> yeah. when I ask people that question, the first thing they mention the money, yeah. and they don't think about yeah. like, and, and and that goes to that goes to a um, a higher purpose because right. one of the things that I realize is that people tell you follow your passion, right? Uh-huh. And I always was trying to follow my passion, or I knew what it was, but I didn't have a purpose. Right. So when you have a purpose, you think about things outside of yourself bigger than you. And oh, yeah. then so that that answer shows that you you found your purpose in life. Yes. It's, so, it's much bigger than yeah. us. And we're all connected. So could you imagine the type of world we would have if we had world peace mm-hmm. and we had no hunger? Mm-hmm. You know, if people weren't hungry. You know, I mean, look at all of the homeless people that we have. People are hungry, you know, and people are sick. If we didn't have disease, if we didn't have you know, disease, cancer, you know how many loved ones? I mean, I've lo- lost loved ones and friends to cancer. So if we didn't have those things, we would be a much, much better world. And we will all, you know, we will all exist and co- coexist together much better than we do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think you, your, your whole vibe encompasses nine to five killers. Uh, so I want to ask you, this is my final question for okay. you. Okay. <laughs> As a person um, speaking to um people outside like because you went from like you said RCA was like you're nine to five and now you're right. independent what is the mindset that you had to adapt in order to be just like really like really work in this environment this new environment like what kind of a mindset did you need to adapt I needed to adapt not to be spoiled <laughs> I am completely spoiled I mean I can be honest on that um it, it takes a lot to be an independent artist. You have to really do things for yourself. You have to get up and you have to be aggressive about what you're doing. You have to make those human connections. And for a person like me where I'm a shy person, 
I had to learn to really open up. You know, I have to push myself more with a label. They're doing everything. They're setting up everything for you. But when you're independent, you have to set up everything. You have to figure out your own path. You have to Google, you have to research. So sometimes I can be up and I can be working like for hours just trying to figure out stuff and my husband's like so what'd you figure out I'm like well I think so I'm not even sure <laughs> <laughs> you know but I think I should do this or this or that so you know and um I just have to trust my instincts that's one thing that I've learned is that I really have to trust my instincts and just go because usually your gut is is the truth that's your god voice but sometimes we tend not to listen I've I'm in a different um element right now and I feel like I have connected to that side of myself you know sometimes we tend to step away from the spiritual side and I realize that I just need to listen I just need to listen you know listen to my God voice because it's never ever going to steer me wrong that's beautiful <laughs> oh and I lied about the last question okay I just remembered something <laughs> it's okay how is it now doing everything you're doing but you have children now so do you think about like the music that you put out and how it might affect them yes and what they might think <laughs> absolutely but the good thing is that my kids are i'm completely open and honest with my kids so you know back in the day i had a lot more sexual content i was very verbal um i would say things like aggressively in a song but now i don't say those things but my kids have heard it but they'll act like they didn't hear it even though they've <laughs> listened to the album but when that part goes by they won't look at me they'll look at each other like mm, you know <laughs> but i'm way more conscious than i than i was before you know um and i think the hardest thing for me is being away from my kids i love my kids so much i miss them you know but they realize that mommy has to do mommy you know i have to do me i have to get back to my to my music and, and what I do, you know, so they can be proud of me. So they would, they, they will know that if you want something, you have to go after it and never give up. So as they see me pursue my career, it makes them realize, oh, you know, mommy's, you know, whatever age she is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and she's still doing the thing, you know, she's still doing what she wants to do. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Family's beautiful. Excellent. Excellent. And so with that, I just want to know, is there any, um, any way people could reach you on social? Like yes. what, you, what any projects you're working on that you didn't mention or we didn't get to? I can be reached on uh, social media under Cherokee, the artist. My website is under Cherokee, the artist, my Instagram and my Facebook. My Twitter is under Cherokee is back. And, um, my new EP is just a Brooklyn girl. And hopefully, well, not hopefully, like Glenn said, I will you be will. putting my album out at the top of the year. And that's it. That's beautiful. I love beautiful. you guys. Thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for coming out. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. The 9 to 5 Killers podcast is now available for your listening pleasure on Spotify, Apple Podcast and Stitcher.